0: Chris and Chris Talk Movies. Hello, and welcome back <laughs> to the podcast. My name
1: is Chris Ferry,
0: and of course, this is my co host. My name is Chris Huddleston, And today, we are very excited to be talking to you in person together for the first time in the history of this podcast, for which Sunday. is awesome. Um, today, we are very excited to be talking to you about Sam Raimi's film, Drag, Drag me, me to, to Hell. hell. Mr. Jax, I was wondering if you'd made any decision regarding the assistant manager's position? It's between Stu and yourself. Stu Ribbon, the new guy? Stu's someone who's not afraid to make the tough decisions. I'm perfectly capable of making the tough decisions. I'll let you know as soon as I decide, okay? Will you help me? Please.
1: Okay. We have an elderly woman asking for an extension on her mortgage payment.
0: We would have to throw her out of her house. We've already granted her two extensions. It's a tough decision. Your call. Another extension is out of the question. Where will I
1: live? I'm really sorry. Never have I begged for anything, but now I have. I Mrs. Mrs. before Gennett, you, please. I beg you. Oh, please let go. Please let go. Oh. The Soon it will be you who comes begging to me.
0: Someone has cursed you. Is the Lamia the most feared of all demons? For the first three days, the spirit torments its victims. After that, it will come to take you. Take me where? To burn in hell for eternity. It's coming for me please listen to me there is nothing coming for you how do i get rid of this you can give the curse away
1: Yes, uh, Chris is going to bring up his synopsis now right, so we can do it. that. All right. So, Drag Me to Hell, it's a 2009 film, as we said, directed by Sam Raimi. And it stars Allison Loman, Justin Long, your friend, Daleep Rao. So, here is the synopsis Christine Brown, Allison Loman, has a loving boyfriend, Justin Long, and a great job at a Los Angeles bank. But her heavenly life becomes hellish when. In an effort to impress her boss, she denies an old woman's request for an extension on her home loan. In retaliation, the woman uh, places a curse on Christine, threatening her soul with eternal damnation. Christine seeks a psychic's help to break the curse. I guess he's a psychic. But the price to save her soul may be more than she can pay.
0: All right, so I have a couple of quibbles with that, first of all. The old woman comes in and, and it's a it's a third extension. Yes. Three and, times. And Christine I mean obviously there's more to this, but Christine denies the third extension. Is this a Bible thing? It's like Jesus has been the third extension on his The cock throw, crows three times. <clears throat> I don't know the answer to that, but I do know the answer to this. I didn't think it was fair what happened to Christine. She was professional and she was nice. This woman was over the top, very aggressive. And we went from denying the bank loan to cursing you to eternal damnation pretty fast. I don't think anything that Christine did merited that. Mm -mm. Um, For those of you new to the podcast, um, we spoil these movies. So if you haven't seen it and you don't want to find out what happens at the end all the way through, then... Please come back to us after watch you the have movie watched in. the movie.
1: What's it on? Did you, what did you watch it on? Prime? Uh, Showtime. Showtime. I think. It's on, I think it's Showtime. on Showtime. Showtime. Yeah, you watch it on Showtime. So we're gonna find. I mean, out. you can rent it on other things, but yeah. you're a subscriber already. It's on Showtime. So we'll find out at the end how unfair maybe this all really was. But so you had not seen this.
0: I had not seen it, um,
1: and I just thought it
0: was a jolly good romping. Uh no, can't do that right now. Sorry folks. Uh can't do that right now. Um getting a call. So um y- yes, I had uh I had not seen it. I watched it. Unfortunately, I had to watch it on um an iPhone because I had connectivity problems. Uh so that was the best I could do. I I managed to get it downloaded to my device and then I watched it. So Not optimal, although I did get all the sound design because I had these noise-canceling earphones in, which it sounds great. There's lots of, like, squishy, squelchy. There's a lot of Sam Raimi um, splat fun going on in this Mm -hmm. movie. And the sound design, you could just see that they... Do you ever see the, like, featurette of Lord of the Rings where they talk about designing that... One orc general that has a face that looks just like an overgrown tumor. Mm-hmm. And the so. guy's like, we designed mm-hmm. it. And Peter Jackson came in and was looking at it and just like took a big wad of clay and slapped it on the side of the oh, more like that. <laughs> you know, that's what it felt like they did to the sound design. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, the part where the eyeballs shoot out of the head sounds like this. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, like this. <laughs> so yeah. The sound design. The sound design is a hoot, and I I you know, I could see it well enough to know that there's a lot of that going on visually too, but I didn't mm-hmm. get the full full screen effect of it. But um yeah, I, I just I super enjoyed it. I I think Sam Raimi is my sweet spot for horror because it's fun. Right. It's still scary and it's still sometimes kind of gross. But it isn't and it's occasionally sadistic things happen. There's a evil is gleeful in Sam mm-hmm. Raimi's uh movies. Right. Uh, and bad things happen to good people. but overall, the movie stays fun. It feels like your kids playing with makeup and paints and you get to really go in there with your imagination and be scared and have fun. but it didn't like leave scars on my soul. Yeah, you
1: know, I'm not gonna have nightmares about this movie. You know, there's a theory that people have with horror that the older you get, You know, as you when you're 20 years old or whatever, you're 16 and you're watching horror movies, you're going to live forever, right? So you get to a point in your life where you're aware of your own mortality. And it's like, I don't know if I want to see movies where, you know, people are dying in horrible ways and things like that. So I definitely know, I mean, being a lifelong horror movie, I'm now I'm definitely more drawn to and I always like the fun stuff. But the really dark stuff, I have a hard time with. Yes. You know, so I'm I'm looking for fun horror and this is fun horror. And one thing that I really like about this, it's similar to uh, Malignant, not that the movies are similar, but it's in a similar way to Malignant that came out a few weeks ago. So that was James Wan, who James Wan was a guy who started with Saw. I don't like the Saw movies, but he started with Saw, did some other horror stuff, and then he moved on to... Um, the Fast and the Furious, and then he did Aquaman, but he came back and did Malignant. And a quote from him was You can take uh, the boy out of the horror, but you can't take the horror mm-hmm. out of the boy. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, you know, because horror is cheap to do typically and all that, and it's kind of society, a lot of ways, views it like one step above pornography, people start out in it. And then they get to real movies and then they never come back to it. James Wan came back regardless of what people think about the movie Malignant. He came, you know, it was like, I've made all this billions of dollars for the studios. And now this is the movie that I want to make and I'm going to make it. And Sam Raimi did the same thing, started out with Evil Dead, went to Spider-Man and did a Wizard of Oz movie and all this kind of stuff. And then decided to come back and do a horror movie with a, I would imagine a fairly significant, you know, this isn't like a $200 million movie, but probably had a decent budget. So I think that's really cool that Sam Raimi wasn't like, eh, I'm too good for horror now. I've done three Spider-Man movies. Like right. hell with that. And some of came back. Fix- some of the effects look pretty CGI. Yeah, there's some that's that's my only criticism of this movie is there's some wonky CG. Yeah.
0: But 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 that didn't bother me either any more than uh like campy practical effects bothered mm-hmm. me because again, it was all part of the fun for me. Yeah. So yeah, there's a couple that look kind of splatted in later and like on the cheap. It still tells the story. It mm-hmm. still conveys the like Ugh, of it, you know, and uh, it felt very like I didn't, some of the stuff is so over the top that if you had really spent a, a added another zero or two to the CGI, it wouldn't have appreciably changed the, no. You know, some of the stuff is gross in the way Excuse that me. opening a can of uh, peanut brittle and a snake pops out. Mm-hmm. is like, it's not that the snake is realistic. It's just like, oh, you know, it's the shock of it
1: sure sure
0: so that um that didn't uh stick in my crawl i did i did think i felt bad for christine i liked, I liked christine too. and i was rooting for her and there's a twist at the end where you know you think she's gonna come out on top and th- you know there's the twist there's uh oh no and you see it coming you see it coming, but I still don't think it's fair. I think it would have been more fun, frankly. I know I'm skipping ahead here. It would have been more fun to uh to have her like succeed in her final and that's game. the
1: interesting so spoiler alert, she is dragged to hell at the end. That's literally the closing shot of her is her being dragged to hell. Drag to hell. What uh and it definitely feels unfair. Um, and for this movie that is fun all along. I know you want to have, it's a pretty dark ending. What do you think? What do you think maybe Sam Raimi or the, the, I don't think he was the screenwriter, but the screenwriter was trying to, that was something that I thought a lot about this second time. So I watched it last night. Um, This was the second time I'd seen it. I saw it in the theater when it originally came out and watched it the second time. So what do you think The was there any kind of a message there that it's just sort of like, She's not a bad person, but um
0: just that evil doesn't allow for you know, evil
1: doesn't matter if you're doesn't a good you don't always or... get
0: a happy ending yeah. just because you want you know it's a movie and you like it. But so I get it as a storyteller. I get it as having that bitter twist of the knife where you you know, you call the shot in the beginning and there's an exciting game and then at the end mm-hmm. it comes true. Um, but I'd say as a filmmaker who is trying to, you know, I think as a filmmaker, you don't want to set out to please the audience because that undermines what it is you're trying to do. At the same time, if you lose the audience, you absolutely undermine what it is, what you're trying to do, right? So yeah. if you make a movie that is, it can be well shot and well acted and everything, but it can be so brutal as to be unwatchable, it's, you've made a movie that is unwatchable, mm-hmm. right? So what's the purpose of a movie that is so masterfully unwatchable that you can't watch it? Yeah. And that's not the case here, no, of course. No. But it's a little bit like you set up a super likable character and a super likable couple and an instigating event in which the antagonist, like she is cursed to hell unfairly. Yeah. She doesn't deserve that, right? So from the very beginning, you're rooting for her to get out because that is punishment totally disproportionate to the crime. Um, and so we're rooting for her to figure out a way to kind of avoid that fate. And then at the, and then you, you give us the, you give us the little cookie of like, Oh, she did it. Phew. And then you take that away from us. And that's the and then credits. Mm -hmm. It is, it does feel a little bit like flipping. The last thing is flipping the bird to the audience. Yeah. And I'm like, why that's so easy a thing to give us at the end, and you can have yet another big crazy scene where the spirits mm-hmm. somehow come and drag the old woman's right I mean yeah. you could make it um righteously satisfying at the end and and have it be exactly the same movie except for that final scene,
1: yeah, it's interesting because I imagine you know this would have been um. You know, Rami, Ramy rather, would have been coming off the three Spider-Man films. I don't remember when Spider-Man 3 was exactly, but, mm. you know, he would have had a lot of clout at this time because those movies made a ton of money. and Maybe he was a little rankling from, I'm sure in that
0: process, he had to take a lot of feedback from the studio. Oh, I'm sure. So it's like, oh, you can't do that. You have to do this. And he's like, but that's not, and they're like, do it. And I'm sure
1: with this, he's he was able to just do whatever like, he wanted make to. Make it into however I want. And I'm get like, his fine. ending. Because it's a little bit interesting because you would, you would think like this, the studio would have been like, well, let's have a happy ending. And I'm sure he was just like, hey, this is my ending. This is it's what I'm like going to do. my yeah. um, But uh, through, you know, you have the, the ending feels very unfair. But throughout the movie, you know, I was watching it. There's a scene where she goes, uh, she meets his parents for the first time. So her and Justin Long are are dating and he's from this really wealthy family and she grew up on a farm and the mother in particular doesn't feel, there's one scene where she goes to see him. He's a college professor and she goes to see him. And as she's leaving, he gets a call from his mother and he has her on speaker phone and he doesn't know that she can hear uh, but the mother saying like oh she lives on a she's from a farm you know yeah, she's can't not do she's better not good enough for you yeah she's not, she's not good to enough grow for you. Up and so
0: see someone who's taking life seriously. so
1: she goes uh they go to dinner at the parents house and they live in this big mansion in Los Angeles and she kind of wins them over initially and then at dinner The the, So there's all these things throughout the film where the demon kind of plays with her and toys with her and causes her to have hallucinations and these things. And she thinks there's an eye, you know, as she hallucinates or whatever, that there's an eyeball in her cake and all this. And she freaks out. And did you, you know, I'm watching that and like you're cringing, like you're thinking like, wow, how horrible it would be to be in that situation. You know, did was that real cringy for you or you just, it, like, I, Oh, you just feel so bad for her. You know, I, I
0: hated it because I loved that. She had finally won the parents over. Yeah. Like she and the boy are such a sweet couple and they're genuinely nice. And you mm-hmm. want and in they, love with each other, you and... know, and the parents and the mom's kind of a ball breaker. And, but she comes around and everything. In this movie is painted in broad strokes. The bank manager mm-hmm. is a little bit like, well, it's really, I'm still deciding, but it's really down to you and the new guy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I need somebody who can make the tough decisions. So it's all very almost allegorical in mm-hmm. the way it's painted. And the mom is like, oh, you, shouldn't you be dating a woman who's serious about her? Isn't it time for you? To... She works in a bank. It's know. all kind of these archetypal cliches. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the things change very fast, too. So like. He asks her to take the bank manager asks her to take this big, thick file of bank stuff she's been working on. Will you take it home and finish it for me? Because I want to show it to the regional directors. They're going to love this. And then the other guy sneaks in and steals it somehow mm-hmm. and takes it to a rival bank. I mean, it doesn't. None of it really makes any sense. No, it's like a kid would think about like, oh, you stole the contract. Well, you know, I'm not going to let you get away with that. And so when when it's working, and she says you know something about your dad well where where was your dad we grew up without your dad and she says he was an alcoholic there's mm-hmm. this moment of silence where you're just like oh no you think oh that's not mm-hmm. that that's not what you're supposed to say at dinner with these fancy parents but then excuse me the mom says speaking of alcoholics <laughs> the mom says uh oh um it, it's nothing to be ashamed of. You know, my father was an alcoholic and I actually admire you. You're for so your, brave. To, your bravery to say that I never uh, had the courage to admit it myself. And that's yeah. a, uh, just like that on a dime, the whole scene turns and then they're chatting and laughing. Oh, they love the cake. And you know, she brings this kind of like homely looking cake yeah. and they think it tastes great. And you're
1: just kind of like something good is going to happen. Yes. Yeah. This,
0: this is, this is terrific. Cause she is a good kid. She's sweet and nice and deserves this. But it's taken away from her. And it's a hard scene to watch because you're like, it is. Yeah, I had oh, a hard come time. Come on, man. That's not cool.
1: And Allison Lohman, the lead, is great. And she, uh, I was reading on IMDb around a year or so after this, she basically retired. Yeah, that's curious. What would happen? I thought she was great. She acted a little bit, but I, I don't know. Um, and I think the performances across the board are good in this. So Justin Long is Justin Long. You know, he's basically playing the role that he always plays. He's great. The old woman is fantastic. The bank manager guy is great. Her rival at the bank is really good. Uh, The psychic or whatever he is, he's great. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. It's,
0: it's, it's rollicking good fun. And I think if you're a Sam Raimi fan, it's a slam dunk, but I, you know, so is it just that you have to you have to do three or four big company pictures before you get the right to
1: make the one you want to make or I guess I don't know I and I to me that's a cool thing that that uh, uh, that actors do. I um, I don't know how much anymore I would say this because it seems like he kind of only does big things. But Brad Pitt was like that for a while, where I felt like he would do these big studio movies, a couple of them, so he could do some little movie. You know, yeah. um, I was just reading this today about um, Ben Affleck, that he uh, he's in the new. They're making a Flash movie, and he's in it. That's uh, Batman. He's well, it's like a multiverse thing where he's one Batman, and then Michael Keaton is in it as well as a Batman. A couple of Batman, a couple of Batman, and um, Ben Affleck was saying how much fun he had working on it because, kind of famously, they didn't have fun working on Justice League. That was supposed to be like a really bad set. And but I was reading some comments of it, and people were saying like, you know, it's kind of it kind of seems as if Ben Affleck did these Batman movies so he could just kind of do the other movies that he really wants to do, you know, to direct and everything. So I think that's a cool thing that directors do and I uh Sam Raimi is continuing you know they did a uh they did the Ash versus Evil Dead show which I don't know if you watched it yes, or not it's great yeah um they did the the uh the new Evil Dead the movie did you ever see that no that's one that that was around this time um that's one that we might have to watch um it's a, just a remake Kind of. Yeah. Um, but Ash is not in it. It's a, it's a, there's a female character in, in place of him, but they, Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell, you know, produced it and everything. So, you know, they were involved with it and they are in production now on another evil dead movie, which I don't know what it's going to be. I think it's going to be not, I think it's going to be like in a city instead of being, you know, a cabin in the woods or whatever. But, but I, so uh, I think it's cool that, you know, he has come continued to come back to this kind of where his roots were. Yeah. Um, There's such great attitude
0: in this movie that harkens back to those original evil dead. Um, Evil is relentless and it's gleeful and, uh, and, and sadistic, but like there's the fight in the parking lot. The woman is denied the bank loan Feels that the young woman has humiliated her and so waits for her in the back of her car in the parking garage to kill her, right? I mean, mm-hmm. why do you break into somebody's car and sit in the back seat in the dark if that's. Then they get into a tussle and she almost kills her. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a number of, you know, they kick him out of the car and there's a lot of like head smashing the steering wheel and stuff like that. Um, but there's a, there's a moment, uh, pardon, I'm going to use the B word here for a second, but, uh, there's a moment after a particularly vicious scuffle where she, you know, kicks the old woman, she goes flying out and hits her head on the thing. And she goes, yeah, bitchy old bitch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and and it's a
0: laugh out loud moment of like, yeah,
1: because she's and, such a sweet girl. Yeah.
0: Know. Yeah. And it just, there's a bunch of moments throughout that are like, when they have the seance and the demon is in the real world and then it gets out of the goat and it gets into the guy and the guy is hovering in midair and there's sort of, everything's on that's fire. That's very
1: Evil Dead. And, and his he's sort of dancing this little jig in midair. Like, I'm going to
0: get on your soul. And they
1: basically even do the Evil Dead voice you yes, know, that, the, yes. that the Deadites would have. Yes, you know. cackling. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and, and so that's that tone is all throughout this. And I think if you're a Ramy fan, you love this movie because it feels it feels true to all that all that voice we we did tim burton and we talked about you know in the later movies it's all still the striped socks and the curlicue trees mm-hmm. but it it just seemed some of the pepper went out of it it didn't feel mm-hmm. like it had the yeah you know the 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 kind of electricity or the freshness isn't the strong enough word but it didn't just have that
1: Yeah, I know. It, it seemed like once Tim Burton got into CG, it like kind of ruined things. Yeah, yeah.
0: Know. But this does. I guess I, I brought that up to say, this is a filmmaker that did go back to his universe of, this is what horror is, and this is what evil looks like, and there's another side of the veil, and on that side of the veil, it's he has a very specific vision of what those demons and and every, deadites or whatever are like. Yeah. And uh, they can sneak across the veil and and possess people and things. And that is just as clear and sharp. And I mean, I keep saying gleeful, but that's the the word. That's what makes it so fun to watch this. You're Mm. not rooting for the bad guys. No. But you can almost see him with the camera as he's shooting these things being like, hee, hee,
1: hee.
0: (laughs) And it's infectious.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you have a lot of... Another thing that I really liked about this, you have a lot of classic horror elements that, to me, I'm a sucker for in any movie. There's leaves blowing around and there's lightning. And there's a great scene where she goes to, I won't say exactly what happens, but she goes to... So the, the old Why? woman See, that... We're so it. the old woman that uh, curses her um, dies and she finds out right. that she goes to beg for the and,
0: and and the the granddaughter lets her in and it's the wake for the old yeah. woman has died and the
1: woman so you're like yeah. uh oh so the the scene that I was actually going to talk about is she so finally she goes to this this psychic guy or whatever who's kind of guiding her through how to battle this demon that is going to possess her and three or drag her to hell in three days. And the woman had taken a button off of her coat, and that's and uses that to curse her. So the guy says, "Well, you can you can give that uh, object to somebody else." And so she says, "Can I give it to somebody who's dead?" And he's like, "Well, you know, he looks through know, the yeah. books and everything. It's like, yeah, maybe." That's
0: one of the things I like is that he doesn't know. She goes, yeah. like, "I
1: thought you said whatever." And he's like, "Dude, I don't know. Yeah, this is crazy. Not,
0: this is crazy stuff. Not you know? set
1: in stone or anything." So she determines that she could give the button back. She could give the button to the old woman. Worth a try, right. So she goes in, and there's a great scene where she goes and digs her up. And of course it's a rainstorm and there's all the, uh, and the, there's actually a scene where one of the, the big cross like falls on her and knocks her unconscious. Yeah. So you have all those great horror elements of the rain and the, you know, the lightning and all that. And I just death, love that.
0: A lot of like, so when she goes to the wake, there's sort of stumble and the corpse is almost alive, like an Indiana Jones and getting out of the, um, the crypt, there's all the sort of corpses that are like, and they're sort of all like dog piling on her. And they seem animate. Mm -hmm. And, and this, the, you know, without the corpse coming to life, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of that where the, it's almost seems like this dead body of the Mm -hmm. old woman is, yeah. Ah, and there's some like kind of calming fluid or something coming goes, out Yeah, of her. It's yeah. really gross. And then she's also having hallucinations so there's one where the like near the end of the curse when things are getting really vivid the old woman shows up to her and shoves her arm down her throat. Mm-hmm. Remember that? She's like, ah, and she's like ah. and She does a thing where she like Hauls it's a chandelier or some kind of an animal and drops it on the
1: yeah yeah it's an am anim- it's a big ant she just happens to have an anvil it comes in her garage flying
0: down and it smashes the old woman in her head whose eyeballs fly out, out and hit her yeah. in
1: the face which is kind of a
0: bad cg anyway. and then uh, yeah and then a bunch of like blood or whatever comes out of her mouth it's and, and kind of bukkake's all over her <laughs> face too
1: <laughs> that's so a great verb there's like
0: no escaping it like uh and and again, in a movie in which you establish a a wicked person doing a wicked thing, and this is the comeuppance of the wicked person, then even if they manage to turn it around, so you you start rooting for the wicked person, you think, oh come on, this person has they're genuinely sorry, they deserve a second chance. Um, you you can kind of get on board with with the comeuppance in mm-hmm. this one. She's a sweet person that you like the whole way through who makes one. She could have maybe done the nicer thing and granted this awful woman, a third extension on the Right. For no yeah. reason other than she's a nice person and she's
1: being punished because she wasn't. But she was kind of a victim of circumstance because she has to do it because she's trying to get this promotion, you know, kind of, it's, There's a it, lot of
0: pressure on her. Yeah. There.
1: It's not that she's a bad person or anything. No, it's, no so,
0: it's so it feels like when there's all this kind of extra blah heaped on her that you're kind of like it's interesting. It's yeah. it's interesting choice because she is of you know there's a lot of horror movies in which the lead is a pretty young blonde woman, white woman mm-hmm. and uh they vary in terms of, you know, why bad things are happening to this person. And it, it, this one stands out to me as like, she is genuinely sweet. And you're genuinely rooting for her the whole mm-hmm. time. And there's no, I know what you did last summer. Or there's no, there's no catch. Yeah. Like she she didn't doesn't deserve yet. this. <laughs> right. Uh, and that's the only thing I didn't like about this movie. Cause I thought, have we already talked about the ending? I mean, we did the time we were recording, but <laughs> yeah, the well, second let's, take of this. So day. let's talk about the ending. Yeah. So, so, so at the end, we, there, she, she, she thinks that there's a couple of ways she might get out of this. The first thing she tries is if you sacrifice an animal, maybe you can appease the demon coming after you. So there's a kitty. that, she so that was the only
1: thing that maybe might have lost, might lose the audience a little yes. bit is she sacr. you don't see it on screen, but she sacrifices her cat.
0: Right. And the cat didn't do anything. Yeah. But, and then so temporarily she thinks that works, but then it didn't. Uh, so there's a number of like, oh, maybe this and then not that. Oh, maybe this new thing. Well, no, it doesn't. Um, and then the next thing is that, um, she, well, I guess the first thing is she goes and tries to get forgiveness for the old lady, the old lady's dead. The second mm-hmm. thing is, well, maybe you can make a blood sacrifice and that doesn't work. And then the third thing, is there they're a gonna, third thing before yeah, the button? The, the third thing is you're going to put the, 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 the demon into the goat. Oh yes, and we can. The goat. We can summon the demon into our world and then slip it into another host and kill the host. So they have a goat and that the, the woman, the seer they find is going to inhabit the demon, and then she says, "Take my hand." And, and this is a put really great scene. Yes, it's a great scene, and it, it's working except it doesn't work ultimately. And they managed to get the demon back out of their realm, but they didn't kill it. So the last hail mary thing that her friend, the seer or the fortune teller mm-hmm. psychic says is, well, you could pass the cursed object, the button from your coat. You could pass ownership of that to somebody else. You can give the curse to somebody else basically and save yourself because the demon comes for the owner of the thing. Mm-hmm. And she's like, why didn't you tell me this sooner? <laughs> and he said, cause think about it. That's heavy. Like, maybe it's not <laughs> fair that she damned you to hell, but now you're going to put that on somebody else. Like, yeah.
1: And I, I really like that moment. Cause I it's like, it's a heavy thing, man. Who are you going to give it to? Yeah. Think about that, that you, you know, would.
0: You're basically life, you doing to somebody else what she, you're going to kill you. somebody, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. But not just that, the torment and everything. Mm-hmm. It's like, so she wrestles with that for a while. And then she says, Oh, we, could I give it to somebody? Do they have to be alive? And he was like, I don't know. And he kind of looks it up and he thinks about it. And he's kind of like, it doesn't say anything about them not. I mean, the soul never dies. So, yeah, I mean, you have to formally transfer ownership. But, yeah, I think that'll work.
1: So she goes and digs the old woman up. That was that scene that we were talking about where, yeah, she's in the, where it's it's raining and there's the lightning and all that stuff. Yeah, I love that scene. And there's basically a fight scene with the corpse. Like mm-hmm. it's just this crazy. She's, You know what? That reminded me. I don't know if this was intentional, but it reminded me of uh, Poltergeist when the mom is in the pool. I don't know how well you remember Poltergeist, but in the pool that scene. with the corpses, yes. you know, it, it made me think of that. I don't know if they were trying to evoke that or not, but it felt like that, yeah. that scene. Um, and so she has this envelope,
0: and they—it's they, a classic. Like, takes the button and puts it and seals it in an envelope, and she's got the envelope. And then, her boyfriend's driving. Her boyfriend her collects
1: coins. Steps and so on the, she's yeah. gotten a coin for him from the bank. It's some rare, you know, coin, which has also been in an envelope. So they can and there's it. a oh, step on the
0: brakes! She almost hit that guy. Whoa, that was close. And all the papers go on the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then, so here it is. Thank goodness. Oh, where's my envelope? I can't find it. She finds it. Well, of course, it's the wrong envelope, of course. Mm-hmm. But she manages to stuff what we later discover is the wrong envelope into the old woman's corpse's mouth. And she gets out and the next day comes and she isn't dragged to hell. And we have... A happy ending. We're gonna have the happy endings. Sunshine. Take, they're gonna
1: go on the train to what? Santa Monica? Yep.
0: The boyfriend comes and gets her, and it's like, I feel so much better. Everything she just, buys a new coat that she sees I in the window of the train,
1: train station.
0: Yeah, happy ending. It's right out of the monkeys. So uh, but and then he's like, Oh, um, you know, I, I think we might you might have had a switcheroo,
1: and he pulls the envelope. Oh, he pocket. he says, uh She's like i got a new coat and he goes oh you did and she goes i'm not gonna wear that old coat anymore with where the button and he was like oh really you know because i had the found button your foot you. and, and it's like
0: bomb. bomb and it's great bomb, where wax
1: focus, right well and it's great where it's like you know almost as as if it would really happen to you as it starts like the sound gets all muffled yeah it's from her point of view it's like she almost can't even hear what he's saying anymore yeah. It's like, oh, I can't believe this is... Yeah. you know,
0: And it's super well done.
1: Uh, you just don't...
0: And then there's a train coming and what, does she fall into the train track? Or she something? falls onto the train
1: track. There's a train coming and the earth cracks open. and Earth up. cracks open. There's the flames and everything and she gets pulled in she and that's the closing. He's and crying. And credits. And he witnesses and it, end. so he yeah. sees that it's real. So it's real. It's not in her head or hand. Uh, credits. And then you think... This was unfair. So it's for a movie that is fun. And I would say, so the tone of this movie, we've talked a lot about the crazy stuff and everything. I would not really necessarily describe this as a horror comedy. This isn't Shaun of the Dead. Um, there's, com- I mean, it's, that to me was a comedy by, with horror by guys who yeah. loved
0: horror movies. Right. And so they, they superimposed some horror elements over what was fundamentally a comedy by
1: comedians. Right. This is, I feel when we didn't really talk about this, so let's backtrack a little bit. There are some great scenes with the, with her being tormented by the demon. There's a great scene in her. Ha- well, there's a lot of, of throughout the movie. There are a lot of scenes where you, you and Raimi does a great job. You never really see the demon. In full, you see shadows of it whipping around her windows. Sort of goat horns. And there's a lot Oops. with, yeah, we talked about the sound design where there's, she can hear it coming like, you know, towards her house. There's a great scene where she, as I get like excited, my voice gets higher. So I'm trying to not sound too high. <laughs> uh, so there's a great scene where the, you can see the shadow of the demon coming up her staircase you just see like it's horns and things just the shadow and you can hear it you know you know it's it's hooves you know uh going up the stairs and she goes and locks herself in the bedroom and you see the. you know it, it it's it's kind of funny where Trump, it, it is and then you see the the shadow of the hands. the shadow kind of becomes under. hands that yeah reach all of that is of is great but i would say mm-hmm. this is a to me, this is horror first mm-hmm. with funny things in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting. This movie is, I don't know if beloved is the is the right term, but um, it has a 92% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And, and overall, I think this is a movie that kind of horror fans in general really liked. I think people who are mm-hmm. Evil Dead fans, this, this is more... the the first Evil Dead to me has always been, I've always viewed it as, it's a scary movie. It's just a a horror movie. And then the second one is basically a remake of the first with humor in it. This feels like the, the kind of funny elements feel like Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness. You have those, you know, you know, Raimi is definitely kind of tying those things into it. But it's well, he it's, wants it's played pretty serious, except wants, for some goofy
0: stuff. It seems like he wants his horror to be scary, mm-hmm. genuinely scary, and and fun in all the ways that horror is fun. Like, really land those things. But, but when, it's a roller coaster ride. Yeah, but I guess
1: I just said it. But you're but, not going to watch this fun, and be scarred.
0: Like a fun movie. Like it's still. You like to go to the movies and maybe see some gross splat stuff.
1: This isn't The Exorcist where you're going to, you know, no. lie awake at night. after. No, this. it's not
0: really toying with big existential.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it's a movie. It's a popcorn movie and it's setting out to scare you in a way that you could have fun on a date,
1: mm-hmm. but be
0: really scared.
1: Let me ask you a question. So I'm definitely more the horror fan of the show. I mean, you like some horror stuff, but if we hadn't have done this for the podcast, do you think you would have watched this movie? What, what did you think just like based on the cover and all that? Did you think this was like, well, you know, a real scary film or I,
0: I, I I had forgotten it was Sam Raimi, frankly. Mm -hmm. And I think that would have tipped it for me, but I, I do know to leap We went to graduate school together. um, And we're friends. Mm -hmm. We're not like, I mean, I think we're friends on Facebook, but, Mm -hmm uh we're not like buds who hang out although <laughs> hey if you're in town <laughs> you know I like him um and so I had been sort of meaning I'm like oh I gotta check that out because I've had people be like oh it's great he's great in that and, you know mm-hmm. and I do try and watch if I there's a movie that somebody I know is in I'm like yeah I want to see mm-hmm. I want to see that because I want to see him do good stuff. And, um, but I hadn't gotten around to it. So when you recommended it, I was psyched. I was like, "Oh, but this is a perfect!" Yeah, because I it's one of those things like, "Oh, I've been meaning to do that," and you just kind of never get around to it. It's not Dune my, was very
1: much like that for the two genre. Dune was very much like that for me. I've always wanted to to watch Dune, but I was a little bit intimidated by it because I'd never read the books, you know, and all that. Yeah. And like when we talked about it for the show, that was perfect because it's like, "Oh, this gives me finally gives me an excuse to watch it's this." It's interesting, then I liked it, you know. Um, going into the new dune too, with Dennis, Villanil,
0: mm-hmm. uh, because you have not read the books. Right. And I, with, uh, David Lynch's dune in the property in general. I mean, I think that this upcoming movie will not require you a good movie. Shouldn't require you to have read the books, Right. But, um, certainly with David Lynch's dune, so much of it is just sort of visual and design. And that if you read the books, you read a at least the first book, the book Dune, mm-hmm. I think you're at a distinct advantage in terms of like understanding yeah. what is going on. Right. Cause the book is very dense. Yeah. Yeah. And the movie is two hours and mm-hmm. they have to tell a story that fits the arc that makes a satisfying movie. So you don't get into all the like, you don't spend a lot of time in house Harkonnen. It's only when it relates to the plot of the Atreides and so forth. So
1: a friend has already seen the word kind of a digressing a little bit of, but a friend has already seen the, the new Dune because it's out in other countries. Um And he read, it was kind of funny. He read some of the book and he said, basically exactly where he finished in the book is where the movie finishes. Mm-hmm. But he said he, he liked the book because there was a lot of description or he liked the movie rather because there was a lot of description in the book that he didn't really care about. And you're not going to get, you know, 20 minutes of, of that description in a film, you know, they kind of gloss over some of that stuff. So, right.
0: And I mean, if you're a fan of science fiction novels and world building, that's just a very different medium. We've talked about this in terms of comic books and comic book movies mm-hmm. and translating what's totally great in a comic book that seems really weird when you have a live action person in some sort of a spandex suit trying to do it on screen in real New York where somebody's having a coffee and typing on their cell phone, right? So I think this property has been <laughs> notoriously difficult over the years because it is one of the seminal science fiction works of our you know the last 50 100 years like it's really something um i mean the dune books are hugely popular yeah and i'm really specifically referencing the first book but there are something like nine of them or Hmm. maybe there's 12 i don't know there's at least nine
1: and I feel like if anybody can, if anybody's listened to this podcast before, you'll know that we love Dennis and Villeneuve. We love Dennis if, Villeneuve. If anybody can do Dune, I feel like it's him. But back to. Uh, if anybody can do Dune, he can do it. It's that dude. It's that dude. But back to Drag Me to Hell. Back to Drag um, Me to Hell. So would you recommend this to people? Yes. And I don't have any
0: asterisky caveats. Yeah, I feel not yes, as long as just yes. I mean, you know, it's a horror movie. So if you don't like horror, don't watch it. But
1: you know, maybe people who the the kind of gross out stuff might turn some people off. But maybe. But beyond that, yeah. It's not. We're... It's pretty
0: cartoony. Yeah. It's not we say gross out stuff. I mean, there are movies where people get slit open from, you know, groin to throat. And you're kind of like Oh, and it looks really realistic. And this isn't that.
1: Well, and I don't like, one thing that bothers me in movies that seems to happen a lot, I don't know why, but I don't like to see people vomit, like actual vomiting. Uh, and there's a lot of that. But this isn't, but it's in a cartoony way. It doesn't seem like real. Right? Very, people can re- kind of spray green and, goo. There's it's a lo- almost yeah. a Ghostbusters. Movie. There's a lot of stuff, and I don't know if there was some... Uh, reason for this but there's a lot of stuff being shoved into her mouth and coming out of her mouth. Yes, I don't know if, if there's a reason for a that. fly or... flies down the throat. I don't know if we her. talked about that. I don't know if this is when we were recording before recording this time but so you have this fairly this fun movie but the the ending winds up being pretty dark that she is dragged, dragged yeah. to hell and what do you think was there something that Raimi was trying to say with that? Was there any kind of a message? Do you? I think? don't know, but
0: now that you point out the, the like, there's a lot of yeah, um, there's a lot of in and out of the mouth, mm-hmm. a lot of ingesting and exgesting or whatever, and um, it may. And we talked about how this lead character is. Relatively innocent. Um, and so the whole movie, especially considering the a- ending, is a series of just violations of this mm-hmm. character. And it's not a tree rape, right? We don't see that. Um, it's never overtly sexual. But, you know, at one point the old woman shoves her, and this is in a dream scene, which shoves her fist down. Her throat like to the shoulder like you know and it's impossible and weird but um you know it's it's a it's an overt physical violation you know Mm -hmm. and i i didn't really put that all together in my mind until you think well the end is also a violation like it's a violation of uh the audience's trust with the character as a proxy like oh we've been led to believe that now you did what was required of you and now you're done. Oh, no. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh, you know, switcheroo at the last second. And mm-hmm. you don't get that either. And I didn't feel this watching it per se, but it does feel a little, um a little cruel. Mm-hmm. Almost any horror movie with a female protagonist who is, you know, being chased and terrorized and abused throughout is, can be, you can talk about that as misogyny and what is this, you know, why do we (laughs) love that as a culture and why does she represent all of us or does she, or is she just women and the filmmaker hates women? Or, Mm -hmm. um, I didn't feel that in this, I felt like, you know, that he really shown the spotlight on her, but then at the end, the very last thing he does is she loses.
1: I It, it felt a lot to me like um, a Twilight Zone or episode or something. I think of uh, one of my favorite Twilight Zone episodes. Did you ever see the one with Burgess Meredith where he's a guy who just wants to read all the time? Right. So And finally he does. So for for anybody who hasn't, well, I'm going to spoil a what? Like now a, you're going to spoil a Twilight six, Zone. Like a 60-year-old. TV episode or whatever. So Burgess Meredith, so uh, Mickey from Rocky, um, is this guy who he works in a bank and he just wants to read. He just wishes he had more time to read. You know, there's never enough time to read. And there is a nuclear war and he's in the bank vault. So he's he doesn't die um, in the war and he comes out and he's the last man on earth, essentially. And
0: radioactive fallout is not a thing.
1: Yeah, radioactive fallout. They They ignored that part, but... There's no one else around, and he finds this library just full of books. So it's, he finally has his dream scenario. There's nobody else around. He'll have all the time that he, never mind eating or anything like that. But, uh, or redirect, fall out. I read it back to Fallout. So he'll have all the time in the world to read. And he sits down, he has a big pile of books, and his glasses fall off and break. <laughs> And so, you know, I love those kind of twisted endings. But so it's a world just to put a pin on it. It's a world without radioactive fallout and without other pairs of glasses. No, no, there's no other glasses that he, <laughs> that he can that he could get. But but it's a great ending. So I love those dark endings. But with this movie, I think it's just that you like her so much that you don't. But even that, even that was feel. a kind of a
0: monkey paw thing. It's like be careful what you mm-hmm. wish for because. There's other stuff that's tied to that. Right. Like you want this thing, you are like, but I didn't want any of that. And you're like, well, you didn't say that. Mm-hmm. Like that comes with it. Yeah. And she doesn't do this. No. I mean, she just wants the promotion. She
1: deserves. Yeah, exactly. And watching this movie, it, so this was 2009. So it's like 12 years ago or something like that. And Watching it this second time, it made me a little bit sad because Allison Lohman has essentially retired mm. and she's delightful, I feel. And you, you just kind of think like, why did, you know, person X, Y, or Z become a gigantic star and she didn't? Um yeah. You know, she could have been a person in a Marvel movie or whatever, yeah. you know.
0: You don't know. Um,
1: so. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I would say we don't know. Like, we'll never know. People,
0: somebody knows. Who she will never so, know? Yeah. Uh, but
1: I don't. But she's great in this. Um, Justin Long. Yeah, everybody across the board is is great. And and uh, Ramey is great, you know, in his direction. I hope that he will, he's producing a lot. I don't know what he's directed kind of in recent years, but it would be great for him to come back to something like this.
0: Yeah. I don't know either. I don't spend a lot of time doing research on this before we sit down and talk. About we just kind it. of wing it. It's just our opinions, folks. That's all we got. Um, so a little bit Do we know what we are going to do for next
1: time? Well, we had talked about doing um, Rocky Horror as a Halloween thing, which we didn't. We were maybe going to do already, but we didn't get around to it. Um, so we can still do that. I don't know if there's anything else that that you're interested in.
0: Um, I think that's a great one to do because you've never seen it.
1: I've, Yeah, I've, I've seen, I'm very familiar clips. with it. And I've seen clips, but I don't think I've ever seen it like in one sitting. Yeah, you got it. And it is on, I don't think you have Hulu, but Rocky Horror is on Hulu right oh. now. So I won't have to rent it. So. Um,
0: I think we should do that for next time. I don't okay. know if, it, if the release of that is going to time right up with Halloween, but it's certainly the month. And there's certainly genre movies that fit with the Halloween theme. So let's stick with that Rocky Horror Picture Show for next time, y'all. y'all. If you haven't seen it, take this opportunity to give it a watch because it's a cult
1: classic for a reason. And I don't know if they're doing midnight screenings. Oh, we keep talking about Evil Dead. I think this already passed because I think it was this week, but they did a 40th anniversary, I think, like 4K in theaters, one night only. Evil Dead thing is probably by the time you hear this, this is it's probably passed. By the time you hear this it will already be too late. It will already be too late. The the new Evil Dead is one that we ought to do sometime. Okay. Is it good? It's kind of brutal. Um so it's it's a lot more serious than what the original is.
0: It's that's oh. not appealing to me though.
1: Yeah, I know. that. This but I don't know. We'll think about it. We'll, we'll think, think about
0: it. Um. Okay, so Chris and Chris talk movies at
1: gmail.com. We got this YouTube thing going on here with now we got visuals. Yeah, so Um, you can listen to us on all the normal podcast places, or if you'd like to watch, you can watch us on YouTube. And I don't even know what that link is. But I assume if
0: you go to YouTube and you search for Chris and Chris talk movies, you'll find us. Yes. I hope that's the case. Yes. So now we've posted a visual one for Congo.
1: Yes. Have we already posted the other one yet? By the time you see this, yeah. By the time you see this, we'll we'll have our second. video We have posted a out.
0: second one, which I believe was shattered. Shattered, and uh, which this was, was another fun third, And and I think that we will do our very darndest to give you some sort of yeah. We'll keep doing this. Eye candy, as it were. Of um. Great. So this is awesome. It's great to see you in person. Yeah, day, my friend. Yeah. And um, oh. Um, Rocky Horror Picture Show for next time. Folks, join us then. And until then, we will talk to you next
1: week. Click.